Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And welcome once again to the H&J Daily, some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, of course, we reflected on the Cricket World Cup, as you'd imagine. Mm. And we spoke to uh, Andrew Alderson, who works for the, the New Zealand Herald. He was a slightly broken man yes. uh, today. Before a he, good man. Yeah, a good man. And you'll hear what he had to say from a Kiwi perspective on the, yesterday's World Cup final. Uh, we also spoke to Tom Thorne-Jones, who is a, a young tennis player, uh, currently at university in the States on a tennis scholarship. And he was fairly instrumental in helping Simona Halep win the uh, women's singles final. We don't ask me, and uh, if you like the uh, when I do the bottom of page two of my notes, in the oh yeah, season, the barrel was being scraped. The barrel scraped. You'll like that bit. Yeah. So here it all is. What an emotional roller coaster! What a oh, game of cricket! It's just one of the greatest finishes ever seen. Really, it really was sensational at the end. Incredible. Both. Both the end of the actual game and the end of the Super Over yeah. were just absolutely amazing. And I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll be, be quite talking about the amount of people who maybe got the chance to watch that game mm. and the viewing figures from it. After the 2005 Ashes, my youngest boy was playing for a cricket club, mm. and when the Ashes finished. In the, they had, they had loads of kids turn up for net sessions, for practice sessions. Quite a lot of them sort of drifted away. Yeah. But it was just ridiculous. It was probably about four times as many kids as usual. A few stayed. Yeah. Most didn't, but at least a few stayed. So I think that'll be interesting. Yeah. At the end be of this bit, there'll be a bit of that, but it was only one day as opposed to a whole summer's cricket. And well, uh, we got that to come, of course. I think, we? yeah, but I think there'll be a clamour. I was saying to you, you know, if we get to the fifth day of the Ashes and it's the fifth test, and England need two hundred and Australia need eight wickets, there'll be a massive clamour to put that on Channel Four. Yeah, gonna, I think what the ECB need to do really is look at the, all the tournaments they've got, and one of them make one of them. Give it to terrestrial, you know, because that is worth it. I, I think it's a bit much to keep asking Sky to share what they've paid a lot well, they, of money. They all say they have. They've given the hundreds, uh, yeah. some of the hundreds, some to of the terrestrial hundred, I think, TV. I think you know more of it basically is is what's needed. But they, it was just, the thing about that game was incredible because there were so many times where I thought we've lost this. I mean, I know I'm pessimistic the best yeah. time. I said to you when Plunkett got out, I said Roy Orb- Orbison started his car. Yeah. <laughs> it was one of those. And you said to me, if it, it'll be Sir Joffre Archer. I said, no, surely it's going to be Lord Joffre Archer. He gets, <laughs> well, he was on he earlier, was, wasn't he? He was, yeah. But Alan, it was, uh, Alan's great this morning. He said, uh, you can show me a- 
picture of Joffrey. <laughs> and uh, Dean said, well, why do you keep calling him Joffrey? So it's just the way I pronounce it. <laughs> no, it's What's, not. Not his name, though, is it? <laughs> not really, no. Alan so watched, call him Alan Albert Brazil, wasn't it? He watched the tennis. He didn't watch any of the he cricket. the tennis. You know, I kept flicking over to the tennis and I just think, oh God, is it still on? And you turn and every point I watched, I'm, I swear, I know, it was, I know these people are brilliant, these skilled and people loved it. It took five hours and it was a great final and all that stuff. But for, to me, every time I turned over, it was just the same point over and over again. Have I, you, just, what I was just on? don't get it. I just don't, it doesn't do it for me. What was on Turn back to the cricket, it was so much more exciting. Yeah, well, what was on at the same time? Was country file on? Did they moved that to, I wonder how many no, people moved later. country file. No, it went later. Oh, it went later. Okay, fair enough. It right. could have been uh, Katie Price's new show, which starts tonight, My Crazy Life. Wow. <laughs> if you watch that, there is actually something wrong with you. Really. <laughs> <laughs> Not sure about oh, that. Oh, yeah. It's her 25th series in 18 years about yeah. her life. What else can, you, can she say about her life, really? She, uh, I, I watched one of her many series for TV Burp, mm. and it was basically one of those series gave birth to Rylan. Rylan yeah. Clark Neal, oh, mm. he came from one of those um, shows, uh, before, long before he did the X Factor. X Factor yeah. Yeah. So we can thank the uh, the work of Katie <laughs> no. Price on, on ITV4, I'm <laughs> guessing, uh, for uh, the, the brilliant Rylan. Honestly, I was reading about the X Factor. Simon Cowell's revamping it again with a new theme tune. Yeah. Oh, forget it, mate, unless you're going to use Roy Orbison's It's Over. Well, <laughs> really? Roy Orbison, two mentions in I know, the first it's, five. It's, it's big, isn't it? Is, it? is it Roy Orbison Day? <laughs> it very much is, actually. Yeah. And it was the anniversary of the moon landing. Uh, yeah, you'd and never guess, would you, if you put no. your telly on. <laughs> and and uh, the Daily Mirror published... I, I do like these things. You know when they published a facsimile paper from the day that, you know, that actually happened? Yeah, the football results in there. Yeah, well, and they have sort of the small ads. So okay, any right. of the football results. But it said um, it, the reporter, the main reporter was Arthur Smith in Houston. Really? I was thinking, whatever happened to White Moon Rock? Yeah, very good. <laughs> Thank you. You've got to know the Arthur Smith back catalogue, really, the comedian, <laughs> to, to get that. But I was with you on that one. Honest, Jeremy Coney was good, though, wasn't he? He said, I don't want to sound like sour grapes. But you think, well, you do, really. <laughs> I wouldn't say anything if I was you, really. We're going to have a chat with... I feel a, for a New Zealand, yeah, though. No, not much. Yeah, We're going to have a chat with a Kiwi a little bit later on and, mm. uh, and commiserate to an extent. Um, to but, an extent, yeah. The Queen sent a, a, a letter or a telegram, not telegram. She, I don't think she a sent telegram. a telegram. Sent a note saying it was a thrill. Yeah. Actually, what she said was, "What time's the racing on?" <laughs> I imagine she was watching the sort of two fifteen <laughs> somewhere in Kentucky. Yeah. Do you think she just watches the racing channel? I do really. Happy yeah. Valley. She went for Happy Valley to come on live. Uh, Prince Philip, he loved cricket. So he, yeah, he probably would really enjoy watching the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. From Talk Sport. Now there are quite a lot of stories are arising from the cricket, of course, and uh, are, yeah. only the ECB could schedule a county game on the day of the final, so that Stuart Broad and Alastair Cook couldn't watch the game because they oh. were playing. I mean, can you imagine having a league game during the World <laughs> Cup final. Honestly, <laughs> surely give them a day off. You know, you, there was always a chance that England were going to be in the final. What a strange thing to do, really. Uh, did you notice the markings on the pitch? You know when they went to the overhead? Yeah. Sort of fungal, fusarium type thing. I, it certainly wasn't the groundsman from Breaking Fung City. Fungal fusarium? Well, it was a sort of very odd... It's not a phrase you did hear you every day on Talksport. Did you all those odd things on the pitch? Well, I don't know what was that, that was all about, really. <laughs> What's a fungal fusarium? Well, it's a sort of... You know, it's a it's a fungus that a grass can get, I think. Okay. I might be making that up. Yeah, I think you could. I mean, it does seem odd that they play at Lords is covered in fungus. Did you not notice that? Maybe you should ring the ground staff. Did you notice the patterns on the pitch? No, I didn't notice it. Oh, really? You've got an eye. You've got green fingers, Andy. 
Yeah, watermarks or possibly drain marks. Yeah, Rufus was noticing. Oh, okay, fair enough, right. And you were looking at it through one eye, weren't you? I think I were, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I think I was, uh, I think I were. I think I were. I think a lot of people were. And uh, the tell you one thing that doesn't work here, but works in the IPL, is that blaring music between overs. Yeah. You know, it just doesn't, the crowd don't join in. It's just annoying. With the IPL, everybody goes mad, and they're the cheerleaders, and everybody's jumping up and down. There are little sections where people are dancing. But here, it just it seemed, feels very artificial. That I couldn't see. You didn't need it, but uh, anyway, they, they put it in there. What can you do? Indeed. Um, what else have we got? Oh, we got all the uh, celebs at Wimbledon yesterday. They were yeah. all there, weren't they? Are you yeah. still maintaining their, their people that don't like any other sport? Well, very much so, yeah. yeah. Uh, Catherine Jenkins, of course, we know she likes a bit of tennis. Yeah. Benedict Cumberbatch, I don't know, maybe he likes football. And uh, it's amazing there, Brooklyn Beckham. Yeah. Has somehow become a celebrity. I mean, he's basically a photographer's assistant, this yeah. lad. That's it. But somehow he, he features alongside Benedict Cumberbatch, who's <laughs> done quite a bit more in his life than Brooklyn. But there you go. That's the way the papers are, I suppose. Yeah, of course, mate. That's the, that's the power of celebrity. It is. And uh, celebrity fans took to Twitter to congratulate the boys. And the two examples they found in the paper were Stephen Fry, of course, who loves cricket, and Ross Kemp. I suppose they wanted sort of two different ends of the yeah, spectrum. Well, yeah, really. Ross Kemp, when he <laughs> celebrates an England victory, as we know from that infamous <laughs> bit of film from the World oh, Cup Oh, that's very true, year, really. Yeah. He can go into a bit of a meltdown. Ross, can't he? But I think he seemed quite controlled Meltdown. yesterday. <laughs> Meltdown, Stan. Yeah, exactly. Now, um, Andy, are you, a, are, you a, are you still young at heart, would you say? Are you a kid at heart? I'm very much a kid at heart. Because apparently, according uh, to a, a poll, two out of three of us are big kids at heart. Yes. Uh, and they that. still do stuff like I'm interested to have you still do stuff like this. Do you still watch Disney films? No, I won't no, watch The Lion King. I saw the trail for it. Do you watch kids' telly? That'd be a bit creepy, wouldn't it? Well, you I like know, Horrible you? Histories. Oh, yeah, OK. Well, I love good. Horrible you Histories. Got right it's really fun, yeah. It's funny. Do you uh, crank up the volume on whenever you get the opportunity? Of what? Well, of, of, what do you mean, of what? <laughs> what, music? Yeah, my, the thing is, at your age, you're cranking up the volume not because you like things loud, because you just can't hear it. <laughs> it could be that. It's a very fine line. No, I like to pump up the volume, as they say. OK, nice, nice contemporary... Re- well, I say contemporary about 30 years ago. Uh, playing crazy golf? Um, I, I have enjoyed it in my yeah, career. Okay. These I'm are some of the signs of I you do. still being a big kid at heart. Yeah. Colouring in. Now, we know you like colouring in, Andy. Yeah, I love colouring in. That's my yeah, favourite yeah. thing. Fantastic. You I think I've peaked now. You think really artistically you've peaked? Honestly, the one I did on the weekend, I think that's it. I'm never going to top that. It's a bit depressing. You're going to have to lock your ear off, are you, and then call it a day? <laughs> I can see why artists go mad. <laughs> the way you lump yourself in with the greats. Me, Van Gogh. Yeah. That's it. Well, you got all the artistic things you could go and move to Tahiti, couldn't you? Like go What are you going to do? That would be good, wouldn't it? All the artists, lock your ear off and move to Tahiti. Well, I'm to Andy. You used to remember him, talk sport. Oh, yeah, he locked his ear off, went to Tahiti. Yeah, a bit weird that. I, uh, I like these in the court. Bombing saying. down a slide. You bomb down a slide? I don't know what you do. I can't no, see I don't you know. doing that. No, I'm yeah, being cautious, right, really. Yeah. Okay, so that, that's that's apparently what makes you young at art. Mm. Uh, the Duke of, uh, Duke of York. Oh, yeah. Uh, was at York races. I always like it when the Duke of York visits York. Yeah. Well, Saves travel costs. It's the least costs, it can do, isn't it? Keeps the costs down. Yeah, it does. And the Duke of Kent was at the... Well, well, was yes, he, we he know. He was Kent, was he? No, he was at the Wimbledon. We know. It would be more news if he wasn't there, let's be honest. <laughs> Stop telling us that. We don't Fair care. enough. And um, what fun Zara and Mike Tyndall were having at Wimbledon, writes Sylvia Monk to the sun. <laughs> She couldn't be more natural in public. The Duchess of Sussex has much to learn from her. And there's quite a lot of these sort of little nitpicky things about her and the tennis. The people haven't enjoyed her visits at the, at the match, which I think is a shame, really. Do you want to know what the markings are on the Lord's pitch? 
Oh, yeah, tell me. They're called fair rings, and they are caused by mushroom spores. Come on, you spores. Yeah. Uh, there you go, Fusarium. Fair, I mean, fairy rings, not fair rings, Teresa. He's on fire, he is, our producer. He's our assistant producer, that man capable of... He knows what the words are, he just doesn't put them on the screen and give me a, a fairy chance to read them out properly. Thank you very much. So now we know, Andy, that's, uh, that's well, what the markings good. were. And Prince Louis, I don't know which one he is, is he... Which one number is he? I think he's number three of uh, William and Kate, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. He you was do pres- love that. You talk about the royals a lot, oh, Andy, don't you? Know, you? I'm, I'm very, very... Session, mate, I'm, really. very, I'm like Nigel Dempster of Talk Sports. Contemporary reference there. Yeah. Uh, Prince Louis was given a pair of Stan Smith tennis shoes by Stan Smith. And they're Not really so sweet. They are lovely. They're little Adidas Stan He doesn't Stan make Smith. them. He doesn't do his own cobbling, does he? <laughs> no, he gets yeah. them from his Adidas Stan Smith, I'm sure. Yeah. They're still a very popular shoe. I mean, that's that's fantastic, isn't it? Stan, I mean, he won Wimbledon once, didn't he? Yeah. Did, he did he win the final? He did, didn't he? Oh, early yeah, no, he won it once, yeah, yeah. yeah. I but, don't know if it was that year when no one else turned up. But I suppose that's a bit a, harsh. He probably, done, bit like probably George, got a better record than that. George actually. Foreman told us on the, on the show, didn't he? He gets recognised more for being the bloke in the, uh, mm. the grill commercials than he ever did as a boxer. That's true. So be for Stan, I mean, you know, there he is at Wimbledon. People are saying, "Yeah, love the shoes, Stan." I mean, that, that's a bit strange, isn't it? He's become more famous yeah. for that, and he has his. I tennis. am a two-time Grand Slam singles champion, and also with my partner Bob Lutz, formed one of the most successful doubles teams of all time. Yeah, never mind that, Stan. What about the shoes? <laughs> but I think he won two Grand Slams. I think he won Wimbledon once. Because yeah, they're quite cool, and they they sort of they become popular, and then they sort of go out mm. of fashion a bit, and then they come back. Or, or is that unfair? They've always been constantly, they're, they're constantly fashionable. They're sort of classic, aren't they? Now, really? how much do you reckon he gets a pair, Stan? What do you reckon he's on? <laughs> uh, pound, pound a pair, pound a pair. <laughs> no, <laughs> no idea, no idea at all. But you take it's that a, if they offered you if they start, oh, yeah. if they brought out Adidas Andy Jacobs. Oh yeah. And, uh, and they offered you a pound a pair. Would I you? would take that. You'd yeah. take that. Okay, <laughs> we'll try and force it up. We'd buy a pair of Adidas Andy Jacobs. <laughs> what colour would they be? I wonder. Well, they probably. I know. I'm more a Nike man myself. Oh, so. okay. Blimey. Okay, looking for a free pair. Then. Well, I don't know about that. Maybe they'll send you some. <laughs> they haven't so far. No. Uh, anything else? Um, what else have we got? Uh, well, there's a couple of incredibly dull Rita Ora stories. Okay. Well, I can't well, we can't wait to hear them, then, as you've prefaced them with incredibly dull. <laughs> Did you see the annual purposeless stroll took place yesterday? It made yeah. all the sort of tabloids, not tabloids, it wouldn't make the tabloids, would it? It's uh, basically these dandies. They're called the Grand Flaneurs. Never heard of and them. And they, uh, they begin at Beau Brummel's statue. Yeah. And they just go for a walk that's a purposeless stroll. So there they are. They're all dressed in sort of very foppish sort of wear. Sounds like walking the Spurs in the eighties. Basically, a purposeless stroll. Yeah, I see. So the blokes, some of them in top hats, they've got monocles. Yeah. And uh, I don't think, uh, looking at them, I don't see them as the talk sport hardcore. I don't think. Um, how many dandies you've got listening to the <laughs> show today? Lot, I don't think. Yeah, the, the Grand Flaneur, they walk, as you say, Bo Brummel's. Where is Bo Brummel's? Bo Brummel. <laughs> Somebody else, surely. Bo Brummel's, Bo Brummel's statue, where is it? In German London? Street. Oh, okay, fair I enough. And uh, well, it sounds like fantastic. And apparently thing. Tiger Woods turned up yesterday and appeared tired to observe. What, <laughs> Bo Brummel's statue? <laughs> no, at Port Row. 
rush. Oh, okay. And you think, well, it's not really surprised he's been getting up at one o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah. We, we discovered really, last week. I think he's, it's backfired, that. He's been on UK time to prepare himself. He's been getting up at one in the morning, so uh, he doesn't really notice the difference. But, uh, yeah, we'll see if that pans out on Thursday at ten past three. Yeah, I think he says that sometimes, you know, he can do more than other times, you know, because he's at that age. And so if his body allows him... He'll play well, but if it doesn't, it's going to be difficult. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Now, spare a thought for uh, all New Zealanders today who uh, mm. will probably feel like they, they didn't really lose, but they did. Yeah, <laughs> There I was mean, so little in it at the end, wasn't there? Um, they won a great percentage of that game, there's yeah. no question about it, and uh, they played brilliantly. And when it was... And there were times in that match, I'm saying to you, when Root and Bairstow faced three maiden overs in a row, you're thinking, oh, this is not yeah. good. But, you know, in the end... It, it played out for England, but they approached it. And they approached their cricket in such an admirable way, and all the England players were very quick to say that. Jimmy Neesham, of course, their all-rounder, uh, said, "Kids, he tweeted today. Kids, don't take up sport. Take up baking or something. Diet sixty, really oh. fat and happy. Oh, shame. <laughs> you can understand why he feels like that today." Uh, joining us uh, now uh, from uh, New Zealand Herald, Andrew Alderson, who was, uh, of course, is over here reporting on the Cricket World Cup. Uh, good afternoon, Andrew. Morning, chaps. Well, good afternoon, chaps. Well, how are you? How are you feeling in the cold light of day? You've had you've had sort of, you know, eight, fifteen, sixteen hours to contemplate uh, that game. <laughs> I don't think it's any getting any less raw, actually. Uh, just- <laughs> I'm just thinking about that result. I'm thinking two teams tied and you, and you lose by zero runs. Um, that's a tough one to take, I think, from a New Zealand perspective. I think that uh, it was uh, that they were both worthy winners, England certainly, um, given their display and coming back into the game. But uh, just to tie on those two scores was was quite remarkable. And I was thinking that Williamson, when he was at that press conference afterwards, the, the diplomacy he showed and. and uh, 
being able to be gracious in that defeat uh, was quite remarkable. Well, he probably deserves a posting to the United Nations or something like that. To, uh, yeah, it's class, wasn't it? Really for, class. For, a, for his future, future career employment. And until that inadvertent six, it really did look like only one team was going to win that game. It was, you know, it was really New Zealand's match. And it'll probably lead to a, a rule change, that, I think, because, you know, it, it, England profited in a ridiculous way, didn't they, in that last over of the regulation match? Well, it's true, but it was a pretty accurate-looking throw from Guptill, from my memory mm. of it, uh, which made it even uh, more um, of a bitter pill to swallow. But I think the trouble is, I, I mean, I can't even remember that happening in a game ever, um, where it hits the bat and actually goes down to the boundary for forming, yeah, OK, an overthrow or whatever. But you think about a bat in that acreage of Lords, and in fact the ball's hit it from that far out, and it's in the final over of a, of a World Cup final. I mean, that is an extraordinary... Uh, Set of circumstances to come together at one time. I see yeah, one of the, I've never seen anything like that either. I see from your paper one of the Aussie bookmakers uh, has re- given refunds to people who put money on the Black Caps to to win the World Cup, saying it's an absolute disgrace. So uh, <laughs> yeah, well, they're just bitter that England won. That's it's, you know, it's it's also just a game. Um, it's all right. Yeah. And I suppose that, yeah, when there's money on it and things, yeah, it gets a bit more serious, doesn't it? But uh, most most gracious of that Australian bookmaking firm, I must say. Did you feel hopeful that, that the team could go all the way to the final uh, before the World Cup got underway? Uh, yes, I did. I think um, I wasn't as confident as I was that, uh, you know, once they... Well, I suppose the, the semi-final against India was such a key game and then they were in the final. But I just think that the way they started the tournament, the, the way they played to their strengths, I think, they were able to adapt to the conditions as well as any team in the tournament. Uh, they weren't fixated on having to have a certain game plan. And I think that really played, um, that was a good hand that they played. And I think that was able to be um, exhibited because of the strength of, well, if I'm thinking of one person in particular, Kane Williamson, Hmm. the fact that in anywhere in the world that Kane Williamson plays, he can adapt. And that is an amazing skill to have, to be able to work out within a couple of overs how a pitch is going to play and uh, tailor your game accordingly. And I just think that so much revolved around him and his strength of character. And it's probably reflected, it's probably, you know, by osmosis, it's come back down through the team. And he's uh, he's certainly someone that uh, is just going to be a great of the game in New Zealand for years to come. And then, Frank, oh, that great reaction to the fact he's player of the tournament when he was told, and he goes, what, me? It just, he couldn't quite believe it, could I'll he? tell you what, with Kane Williamson, what you see is what you get. There's nothing cynical about Kane Williamson. He is just a, a genuinely decent fellow. And uh, that, that reaction didn't surprise me in the slightest. And it was quite good that it was almost caught on uh, on candid camera mm. or you know, sort of captured. That was a, a very real reaction. Brendan McCullum set the standard for approach and sportsmanship and Williamson has carried it on and it has you know in a year when we've seen what Australia have got up to and what happened to them it's going to be very interesting to see what happens in the ashes because you've got a horrible feeling it it won't be played in that same spirit there was a massive amount of respect between both teams yesterday yeah I think that's true I think you know Morgan and and you know plenty of others in that English team I think are, are players to be respected for how they play the game as well I think that that was what really was uh, a real tonic for me yesterday. It's just I think that that England team is, is just... Uh, I, I, there's a few decent blokes in that outfit and, and, and obviously some great cricketers as well. And I, I hope that would continue on to the Ashes. I mean, hopefully um, the Australian remorse is, is genuine and that they're going to um, uh, continue down a path of, of enlightenment, perhaps, uh, from what they've seen elsewhere. But that will be... 
you know, those, those are difficult things to change uh, long term if, if you've had a juggernaut of an organisation that's, that's worked on a different premise for so long. So I think that, um, yeah, that'll be a fascinating thing to watch over the course of the rest of the, uh, the English summer. Yeah. Uh, who's, who's next up for uh, New Zealand, uh, test-wise? Who's your, who's your next series against? Um, Sri Lanka in about three weeks, I think, or a few right. weeks. So, so next month. So they haven't played in Sri Lanka since 2012. Uh, where they levelled the series there, um, and uh, yes, yeah, so it's been a, been a long time, and I think they're going to play in Gaul and Colombo, but they've decided they are going to tour Sri Lanka because, of course, uh, they had that, that terrible terrorism atrocity. But then New Zealand's not alone on that front anymore no. since, uh, since March 15. And uh, that's the thing, isn't it, with cricket? You just got to climb back on. There's, there's so much cricket plague. The guys are just going to have to pick themselves up and, and and go again in just sort of three weeks' time. Well, that's right. I mean, it's the circuit, isn't it? But then again. You've got to stop and just take a breath and think, what we saw yesterday, that's such an amazing occurrence. I mean, to be at Lords and to see that cricket played in that fashion, hmm. uh, the ebb and flow of that game and just how the crowd was into it and the pandemonium at the end, the intensity. and the, I mean, I just remember it starting off as like a murmur and then it sort of built and got a bit more rowdy and then it went back and it was just, oh, it was just a wonderful atmosphere and something I'll never forget. And how's it played uh, today? That um, really the, the the extra run was given incorrectly. Uh, that, that, that's the story, isn't it? From, it's uh, very tight. That though. I've just watched that again. I yeah. mean, did, had they, yeah, they looked like they crossed to me. I don't know. That's a tough call. I mean, I, yeah. I don't know. I, I think that it's just in the heat of the moment. I mean, yeah, it's just you've got to give the. I I, I didn't think anything of it at the time. And yeah, okay, I suppose on the, on the replay, it's fair enough. But that's that's. I suppose it's in hindsight. It's a, it's a tricky one to call and. and I think at the time they probably the, the general consensus was that yeah it's uh, it's a rarity but it's uh, it's probably you got to give the runs. <laughs> yeah, no, we're not going to go back out there and play another Super Over. <laughs> no, they can't. <laughs> <laughs> Playoff, they can't. that would be wrong. Uh, well, look, yeah. uh, commiserations, uh, Andrew. Uh, good, good to talk to you. Thanks for joining us. Lovely, lovely. Pleasure, fellas. Uh, Andrew Alderson there from uh, New Zealand uh, Herald. <laughs> when I look at my notes, though, I'm sorry about being magnanimous now. During the game, I'm ri- I've written one point. New Zealand must be the worst team ever to win the World Cup. Yeah. <laughs> the, New- the New Zealand commentators are really getting on my nerves and we're making de Grondome look like Glenn McGrath. <laughs> you are um, <laughs> you are a, a, quite a bitter man, aren't you, when, sport, when it's not going your way no, sports-wise. Yeah. Yeah, not a great loser. In the meantime, Andy, you can wow us, if you like, with uh, with something quite spectacular What's from that? Uh, your assembled notes. I don't know. I mean, I know you've, mm. you're a compiler of many fine Come notes. On, Have you, are we on page three yet? Well, no, we're on page two. Well, okay, right, okay, well, page two. What, what's all, I mean, can you give us a flavour of what's at the bottom of page three? An artist has painted the Taj Mahal and the Great Wall of China on a grain of rice. Yeah. What's the point? What's the point? I knew, <laughs> I, I knew that was coming. There's been a world record attempt to assemble Daleks in one place. Why? Yeah, okay. <laughs> Is that enough? Just why? Why, why bother? Yeah. Uh, a bloke complained to the police that his takeaway portion of chips was too small. Really? Was that a 999? Yeah, apparently. I'd say that's wasting police time, wouldn't you? <laughs> I'd say very much We were so, talking yeah. about Stan Smith, and Andy oh, yeah. worked out he thinks uh, Stan's on a pound a pair. Yeah. Um, we should look into this. I have no idea. It's completely unscientific. And my wife has reminded me that I had a pair of Stan Smiths on the first time I ever went out with her. Oh, really? So obviously dressed up for the occasion. <laughs> Great, good, isn't it's it? good that she remembered. I bet you can't yeah. remember what she was wearing. Uh, no, I, I'm going to get in trouble now. Thanks for that. <laughs> I should, it should be, should be imprinted on my mind. That's good. it. I'm going to get some clog when I get in now. And finally, West Country folk are angry over mocking voiceovers. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs>
There we are. <laughs> Thank you. Um, coming up very shortly, then. Uh, got, don't ask me in the next oh, day. Yeah. I, just, I want you to mentally start kind of... <laughs> you want me to? I want you to focus. <laughs> okay. I want you to focus. I'll give it a go. Five out of five. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Andy Jacobs uh, here on TalkSport without the distraction of the cricket. I did watch the uh, the women's final at Wimbledon on Saturday and uh, to see Serena dispatch like that mm. is uh, is pretty rare. But it was some performance by uh, Simona mm. Halep. And um, in the build-up to this tournament, our next guest uh, was her hitting partner. Uh, his name is uh, Tom Thorwell-Jones and he joins us now. Good afternoon, Tom. Good afternoon. How are you? Yeah, good. Thank you, Tom. Yeah, I think you've got to mention in dispatches as uh, as kind of uh, being a great help in the build up to this. You I, you were there, I take it. You you watched the game. Uh, yeah. So she um, she very kindly got me a ticket to the semi final and the final. So it's very nice of her. Yeah. How so, did it How did it come hmm. about? Sorry, I was going to ask the same yeah. question. Yeah. So um, I sort of I knew someone who'd done the hitting partner role. At, for the All England Club last year and I knew he couldn't do it this year so I basically emailed him and he put in a good word with the supervisor who handles it and then I basically got the hitting partner job and then just the Saturday before the championships there, uh, I was requested to basically I was the only one available so she requested a hitting partner and I got a sign and she felt comfortable with me She it went well so I just got requested back and then it just kept happening she just kept requesting me and so she um, she guess she enjoyed it so yeah. yeah. So how does it? I mean, there's certain things that she'll want to work on, and you'll and you'll work to that. Uh, so she'll say we want to work on something else, and then you'll just you'll just kind of, you know, facilitate that for her. Yeah. So normally, what she'd want to work on is I'd sort of become her next opponent, and I'd basically hit shots um, that they would normally hit, and she would basically work on how she would respond to those sort of those shots. Wow. Okay. So you must be a pretty yeah. decent player yourself. I know you're at college, aren't you, doing a scholar- tennis scholarship? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm currently... I've just finished my first year at University in America, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, so you don't, obviously don't get to do that unless you're a very good player. Yeah. Do, I don't know if you're on Twitter, but uh, Simona only, only follows two people, one of whom is Mark Selby, the snooker player we found out last week. <laughs> maybe, she'll, maybe you can be the third. <laughs> Potentially. Yeah. We'll have to see. What, what, so I read a little piece saying, you know, she's, she's really nice. She's sort of very uh, chilled. Um, what did you make of her as a person? Uh, no, she's very nice. Um, she took the time to speak to me in between sessions, during sessions, after sessions. Um, she wasn't rude at all. Uh, she was just a very, a very nice person and pretty relaxed the whole two weeks. I thought as the tournament would go on, she'd get more stressed and get more uptight about her matches. But actually, she just was so relaxed just like a normal person really mm. yeah she she came across really well in the in the in the post-game interview didn't she yeah 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 no, that, i think that pretty much sums her up she's quite funny she sort of speaks from the heart and she's very honest mm. so Perhaps what was it like mixed doubles next year yeah <laughs> that would be good <laughs> <laughs> well, i mean that'd be amazing but yeah. I doubt it. what was um what was it like being serena then in the build-up to the final when you were kind of yeah. you know playing her role if yeah, you yeah like. so sort of the main thing that we worked on I would we basically she returned for about 30 minutes um, half the practice the day before on the Friday and I would serve from uh, halfway up the court not even from the baseline and basically just I would hit all the different spins and slices that she hits wow. and Simona would literally stand there and hit she probably hit 100 returns that day wow way 
Uh, and how's sort of your career? Uh, what's the, how's the kind of trajectory? And how did how did you sort of start off in the game? Um, I guess I just my parents kind of took me to the local tennis centre when I was younger, sort of trying to give me something to do, and I just enjoyed it, and so I kept playing it. And then I was told when I was younger that I was pretty good, so I sort of took it to the next level, started playing county, then regional, then national, and then sort of international. And then it just kind of I just kept enjoying it, so I just kept playing. Right, and uh, this is, is this a, what a three-year scholarship you're doing in the in the states? Uh, four years, four years. So um, I've got another three years left. Yeah. Okay, and uh, what, what's the, what's the plan beyond that? So the plan would be potentially next summer to start playing more professional tournaments, and then hopefully go pro. But if I'm if it doesn't work out, I've still got uh, a fallback of a a degree in finance, sport management. So okay. it's not the end of the world if it doesn't happen. That's sort of the route that most people take is the US route, just to have that fallback. And you're a bit of a good luck charm now, so you may be getting the call uh, <laughs> from Simone and, <laughs> and her people next time, when she's over in the States, possibly. Uh, yeah, we'll have to see. Um, I know that her agent said some very kind words about me, and I've exchanged a couple of texts with her trainer. Yeah. So we'll just have to see. But no, it's been great fun. Brilliant. Well, look, good to talk to you, Tom. Yeah, well done. Uh, you played your yeah. part, so thanks very much. Yeah, that's all right. No worries. Thank you very much. Have a good day. Tom Thurl Jones there, mm. who uh, was the hitting partner, 19-year-old uh, yeah, hitting partner of Simone of Hallam. Yeah. yeah, she did come across very well in the interview. She was great, actually, and, uh, and played mm. played really well. Uh, Serena was very gracious afterwards. You yeah, know. funnily enough, I didn't watch one point. Well, it was. I kind of thought, I, I started watching it. I'm a bit like you. I, you know, I don't carry on like you do, but I, I don't... You know, I started watching it, I thought, blimey, this is looking very one-sided. It was quite a shock, mm. so I was sort of stuck with it, really. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Don't ask me to leave it out. Here we go then, Andy. Four questions. Sorry, five questions uh, based on last that. week's yeah. show. We we get a I pen for? Why do you need a pen to use myself. your mind? Yeah, okay. no, it's just little jottings. Nice, easy one for you. Uh, yes. Nigel, we spoke to Nigel Pearson. Uh, on, Nigel Pearson. That's right. Uh, we talked about um, yeah. uh, Louis Barry, who left West Brom yeah. to join which team? Barcelona. Barcelona, yeah, it's not a, a route often taken. Uh, <laughs> Matt Faulkner joined us, uh, the angler. He, had, uh, he caught a record-breaking stickleback. The record before was two grams. Uh, what was his monster catch? I just wrote down stickleback, hoping you'd ask me that, but it's nine grams. Oh, okay. That's a huge leap in the stickleback it's huge. record. It's, it's, like, it's like getting a 200-foot great white, really, when you <laughs> yeah. think about it. The Megalodon of the stickle, yeah, of the stickleback world. Of the stickleback world. Uh, Jonathan Rice, Joe Rice joined us in the studio to chat about his book, uh, Stories of Cricket's Finest Painting from 1906. It depicted a match between which, which two counties? Oh, I'd say Kent. Yes. And Lancashire. Oh, Andy Jacobs, this is oh, serious. Oh, bat. Um, we were joined by an Arsenal fan, uh, DJ from Rudimental. Uh, on oh, yeah. What's his name? Locksmith. Oh, well, you're a bit too cocky. <laughs> and Stuart Reid, author and Scottish football expert, joined us to chat about his series of books featuring which character? Oh, God. Um... 
Google McDougal. <laughs> the well-known Scottish search engine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> not bad. Gorgeous George was oh, the characters in Stuart's book. So there we are. Four out of five. Not bad. That's not second week. Bad. Almost like you teed him up for that. There. Yeah, yeah. Paul, almost. almost. Like, it's almost like I always give him a really hard fifth one so you never get it right. But that's not I hate to say it was signposted. <laughs> You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. There we are. What a thrilling don't ask me. Just for one moment there, Andy, I thought you were going to do it. I know. So close. So close. Uh, that's us. We're back tomorrow from 1. Thanks for downloading us. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.